You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. So now, I want to get started this morning. We're going to say a little prayer. Um, when I preach, I usually do that as stickman ministries. So if you would just pray with me like a stickman prays. Lord, I am unworthy. I am not what I should be. I am not at a place where I want to be, Lord. But you have loved me. You have cared for me that I might care for others. Lord, I'd ask that you would make that true today as we share in your word from the, from the Psalms, Lord, that you would affect our lives and affect our lives in a way that would honor and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we love you. Please fill this place with your Holy Spirit and your presence. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Okay. So this morning, we're going to be in Psalms 6. I love this idea of the summer of Psalms. It makes so Joe doesn't have to do a whole lot of work this summer because they just... It's the next psalm. Uh, <laughs> it's a great idea. He told me how long you're, he's got his whole summer, all his summer scheduled till like, what is it, 2033 or something? You know? What a brilliant man your pastor is. Remember that and remember to tell him that he's brilliant. Um, um, the best part about Psalm 6 is because of its author to me. I love the story of David. I have studied, that's one of the books, or that's one of the people in the Bible I've studied quite a bit, because I just love the way that God moved his life around, the changes that were made in him, through him, for Jerusalem, for Israel, the things that happened in David's life, I want to hopefully show you in this psalm how they're affecting your life still today. Ancient times brought this about. An ancient king made this part of our lives. His writings have still, are still affecting people thousands of years later. That's amazing. If that can actually happen, there is only one explanation, and that's the Lord. God is the only way that that could possibly happen. So, let's just read through this psalm <laughs> O oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor cast me, uh, or nor chasten me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O oh Lord, for I am pining away. Heal me, O oh Lord, for my bones are dismayed. My soul is greatly dismayed. But you, O oh Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, and rescue my soul. Save me because of your loving kindness. For there is no mention of you in death. In Sheol, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my sighing. Every night I make my bed swim. I dissolve my couch with my tears. My eye wastes away with grief. It has become old because of all my adversaries. Depart from me, all of you who do inequity. 
For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord has received my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and greatly dismayed. They shall turn back and will suddenly be ashamed. Praise God. Praise God. If we go back to verse 1, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. David knew his sin. David knew he deserved wrath. He asked that it wouldn't be too much. Not rebuke him in anger. The Lord can rebuke us in his love. But he can also do that in his anger. Um, we really don't know what the sin was, what the pain was, what David is crying out for. We don't know. But if you try and place that, what's, the, what's what your heart crying out to the Lord for? What pain have you recently been uh, have you received from this world? What kind of thing have you done that you feel like God is not going to forgive me for this? What's the thing that taps you on the shoulder? What's the place that you drive by that makes you cringe? What's the, uh, the event or uh, what's the event that you avoid? Because you've done something there. Something's happened there that caused you pain or you've caused other pain. You know that without Jesus, we all, the whole world, has a debt to pay for all our sin. God made us all, everybody. Not just Christians and Jews. God made everybody. Muslims and all the other religions that are out there, all the non-believers, all the atheists, all those people, God made them all. And the reason He did was because He loved them all. He didn't want to lose any. So we are chosen and set apart because of Jesus. But David didn't have Jesus. David had the law. Okay, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am pining away. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are dismayed. Dismayed, they're in trouble. There's a problem that's happening inside of me. My bones are aching because of what I've done, because of the sin that I've committed. And my soul is greatly dismayed. But Lord, but you, Lord, how long? When the pain that's in you that's come from the world is so deep that your bones are affected, your soul is affected greatly. When the pain in you is because your soul is deeply affected, deeply troubled or dismayed, 
it affects your bones as well. It goes both directions. If you've had an injury or a pain that is chronic and you can't get rid of it, it affects your soul. If your heart's been broken by someone or something, it affects your bones to a point where you ache. I know these things because I've lived these things. David was a man just like me and you. He knows those things. But his heart breaks and he cries out, but you, oh Lord, how long? He's not demanding an answer. He's actually, I believe what he's doing, he's confessing his sin and he is accepting his punishment. He's accepting the things that really he's owed, but then he's begging and crying out for God's mercy and grace. It worked for David. And it'll work for us. I'm not sure where the verse is. But in the New Testament, it talks about God being the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He was always God when David was alive. He will be always God after we're dead and gone. He is always God here and now. He's the same man. He's the same being. Mm. We need, I need, to remember that. You know, the sum of the sin that David committed. Think about Bathsheba. David was an adulterer and he forced Bathsheba to take him, to accept him. She got pregnant or he would have never said anything. Nope, bring me Uriah, the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband. Let's make him believe that this is his child. That was his whole plan. But Uriah was a righteous man. He wouldn't turn his back. He would not accept the pleasures of the world because everyone he knew was in, at war and sleeping in tents. His commander was there. The only one that wasn't there was David. He wouldn't take the, he wouldn't take the comforts of his wife. He would not take the comforts of his home or his bed. So what did David do? Send him back with a letter in his own hand to give to the commander to put him at the front line so he would die. David committed murder with that letter. Jesus tells us, if you think harshly or with anger or hatred towards your brother or sister, you are guilty of murder. How many of them? Me for sure. Are you? Do you have that in you? The price for that sin, the only thing that could cover it was blood. We have the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us from the sin that we commit. David didn't have that. So what did it cost him? 
that caused him that child. The one that should have been Solomon's big brother. That was the price. That was the blood sacrifice that God demanded for David's sin. That was his punishment. If you've lost a child, my heart breaks for you. I know that feeling. David knows that feeling too. But he still counts on God's mercy and God's grace. So that pining away, if you know that, be grateful for it. Because it means your heart is still soft. That means there's still hope for you. Return, O Lord, rescue my soul. Save me because of your loving kindness. That's verse 4. David is convinced. He knows that God loves his soul. Because he's experienced God loving his soul. He's experienced through men that lived in and around him. In Jerusalem, when he was serving Saul, his his greatest ally was Saul's son, Jonathan. Jonathan loved David more than he loved himself. It says so in my Bible, and I'm sure it says so in yours. If you look at the verses in in, uh, 1 Samuel, you'll see Jonathan helped David escape from Saul, the king, his father, the one that was going to make him king. He turned to David to rescue him so Saul didn't kill him. He got him out out of the Jerusalem, out of the state, and helped him to survive. That was loving kindness. He gave up. His birthright, his throne, his kingdom that he would have had because he loved David. We just sang a song about giving everything up, giving everything up for Jesus. David is a representation of Jesus. He's an ancestor of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you give up your kingdom for Jesus? Your car? Your motorcycle? I don't know. My bike's sitting in the parking lot. Jesus could have it if he wants. Um, but I do have reservations about that. And I know the loving kindness of God. He's healed me. He's saved me. He's helped me. He's done all these things that I mentioned that he did for David. He's done those for me. He's done those for you too. Sometimes I don't acknowledge it. So is that miraculous healing, is that miraculous thing that God's done, is it void? Because I don't acknowledge it? Because I don't respect what Christ did for me? What God did for me? Ah, the days that I feel disconnected and away from the Lord, the Lord has moved, I have. 
I allow the things of the world to take me away from there. But His loving kindness, I can always count on it. When I return, it's always there. Even when I deserve a lot, lot worse. In verse 5, there is no mention of you in death. In Sheol, you who will give you thanks. The Jews, I am not sure exactly how the Jewish religion works right now, but they don't believe in angels. They don't believe in heaven like we believe in heaven. They believe that death is the end because the Messiah has not come for them yet. That's a remnant that God has planned since the beginning of time. There is nothing wrong with what they believe. They are right. They are right. Jesus Christ came to save everybody else that doesn't know that. That remnant, God's chosen people, that remnant of the Jews that's existing now and always has been is God's plan. And it will come about like in Revelations when all things die, when all things pass away. That's when the reality of their belief will be. It's always going to be there. There's nothing wrong with the way they believe. We're here to make them jealous. We've got the blood of Jesus Christ that covers our sin. We're here to make them jealous. But David believed. When death comes, that's it. God, who's going to give you thanks? I don't know that God needs my praise. I don't know that God needs my worship. I know I need to worship God, but I don't know that He needs to hear my He loves me. He longs for me. He moves mountains for me. For me. A sinner that doesn't deserve anything but wrath. He killed His own Son. He allowed people, me, to kill His Son. When the, nasal, when the nails were driven, believe it or not, you and I were holding the hammer. We were directing those nails. It's me and nobody else. But he loves me so much. He did that because I could never pay my debt. I don't have to die. When I pass, I heard it at a concert earlier this week. When I pass, I'm just changing neighborhoods. My body will be gone, but my spirit will be in a much, much better place than it is now. No pain, no struggle, no sorrow, only light. No nighttime, no shadow, only light. Wow. I've tried to imagine heaven many times. Many times. And I think of streets of gold. I think of crystal seas. I think about the things we sing about. I think about the things that are mentioned in the Bible. But when it comes right down to it, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. That's the light that I want to be in. 
I have a little glimmer of that now, but I'm going to have the full glory of that then. Praise God. That's all. What we could expect of that, I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And still, in verse 6, I am weary with sighing. Every night I make my bed swim. I dissolve my couch with my tears. Tears are acidic. That's why they're salty. They could dissolve things. It would take a lot to do that. That's why God keeps them in a bottle and not in a cup. Okay? He promises that every tear, He's saving every one. Um, but my sign. This world comes down on us. It comes down on people so many times. And I, this is not anything that I prepared because I didn't know anything about it until this morning when I got up. I never look at the news. On a Sunday, I do not pay attention to what the world's got to offer me. I don't look at the news. I don't pay attention to it because it brings me down. I'm tired of the political struggle. I'm tired of the arguing, arguing back and forth over things that don't mean anything at all. But this morning, the Holy Spirit told me I had to know something. And so I turned it on. If you haven't heard this, you will. And if you haven't seen this, I'm sorry that I'm the one bringing it to you. But yesterday, in El Paso, Texas, 20 people died at Walmart. During a back-to-school sale, someone opened fire in this crowd. 20 people died. 36 are in the hospital, critically injured. Be in prayer for their families. Their bodies are gone. Hopefully they were Christians and believed, because if not, they didn't have a chance. Ages 2 to 82 died yesterday at Walmart. Does anybody have a Walmart in their community? Everybody has a Walmart. Then again, last night, 1 o'clock in the morning in Dubuque, Illinois. Is it right? Dubuque, Illinois. Dayton, Ohio, that's it. I don't know where I'm thinking Dubuque. Maybe hopefully nothing happens. But at Dayton, Ohio... Somebody opened a fire, uh, opened fire at a popular bar uh, at 1 o'clock in the morning, probably closing time. Nine people died and 16 people are in the hospital. This breaks my heart. This is not the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the, way, the world that I, want, that I want to see, the one that I want to perceive. But this is the world that we're living in. I hear about these kind of tragedies, and I see the politicians start bringing up, well, gun control and blah, 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 all of that stuff. That's not going to make any difference. People have been killing each other since Cain and Abel. Can't ban rocks, can we? It's people. We have the Word of God that's readily available to us, we have the red letters in our Bibles, that Jesus Christ spoke to us 
about how to live in the Beatitudes, how to be the people that he were designed to be. And we've taken that out of our knowledge. We've taken that out of our schools. It stopped being taught in places where it needs to be taught the very most. Uh, one little blurb from Facebook that I saw, it is really encouraged for everyone in prison to read the Bible, read the Word, look at Scripture. But in school, don't you dare. How idiotic is that? Parents, bring your kids up in the way that they should, that should, they should be. And when they're old, they won't turn away from it. They'll return to it because they will leave. But they'll return to what they've known as children. So parents, please, please make the word prevalent in your home. I'm sorry that I fell off the path there, but that's uh, what happens. Um, my eye has wasted away with grief. I have uh, it has become uh, old because of my adversary. I have so many things that push against me every day. My business pushes against me every day. The need for money to pay my bills pushes against me every day. My desire to feel better than I feel right now because I am an addict. I feel that every minute of every day. These are my adversaries. These are the things that bring grief to my heart. These are the things that David brought grief to David. He had real enemies. He had warriors and soldiers that were after him most of his life. He was always under the sword. Always. That's part of his punishment for what he did to Uriah. But the Lord, for the Lord has heard my voice and my weeping. Now, verse 8 starts off with, Depart from me, all of you who, are, who do inequity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Do you believe that God answers your prayers? Do you know? That he hears you. I ask for Christ to intercede when I pray because I don't let the words out of my mouth from the things that are in my heart. Jesus knows that and he intercedes for me. He promised he would. He takes those to God. God hears those. And I know, I know that he hears what I'm saying. David knew. That his voice, the voice of his weeping was heard by the Lord. Have confidence in that because God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still that God. David's God, our God, same God. Hmm. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord receives my prayer. My supplication is my desire, my need, my want. My supplication is the things that I pray for other people. 
Because I pray for other people a lot. I, God's put it on my heart. It's a pleasure to pray for other people. The best ones, the ones that I really remember, is when somebody will say, pray over my unbelief. Pray that I might pray. Pray that I might believe. When people ask you to pray, you don't know what point you're reaching. But when they do, they're doing it because they don't know. When I ask somebody to pray for me, I need it. And if I tell somebody, I'll pray for you, I just started this recently because I've been so convicted about not doing what I say I'm going to do, being a man of integrity. If I tell somebody I'm going to pray for them and walk away, it's become a rarity. Because I forget. Satan distracts me with other things. The world comes in and takes over, and I forget. And I've made a commitment to pray, and I forget. I made a commitment to that person, but I made it in front of my Lord. Man, thank God for his blood of Jesus Christ that I'm not held held accountable for that. But I don't want to injure the Lord. I don't want to put what I don't do against me and God, so I'll pray right there. Um, If you see me in Walmart holding somebody's hand and my eyes are closed, and my head is bowed, you know I'm discussing things with the Lord. I'm bringing something to the Lord. If I, I'm the guy that prays at, at the meal for my family reunion, because you just got this connection with God. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. All you got to do is know that you have it, and talk to Him. Pray. Pray. David wrote books and songs of prayer. We have that right. We have that responsibility. Um, Verse 10, all my enemies will be ashamed and greatly dismayed. They shall turn back. They will suddenly be ashamed. God can hold all my enemies at bay. My addiction has been under control for 28 years. Thank God. I don't have to be a drunk. I don't have to be doing drugs. I don't have to try and fill up the space inside of me that's lacking with that. The world has so many other things that I can be addicted to. How many of you can't wait to get back to your video game? Ooh, right in the belly. How many of you can't avoid checking that social media? How many of you have the desire just to check it right now? Huh? I do. It's an addiction and it's coming to get me. God promises to put himself between me and that addiction. That is... Uh, that's my enemy. That's the thing that draws me away from God. Anything 
anything that draws you away from God is sin. Period. There's good things that come from social media. There's bad things that come from social media. Because it's all about this world. Guess what? We live in a sinful world. It always has been and it always will be until Jesus Christ comes again and takes us out of here. This is the hope of our salvation is in Jesus Christ. In a little while, we're going to celebrate the hope of our salvation by receiving communion, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. If the band wants to come on up here, please. The band, where are you? There's one. There's another one. Come on up here. I am not proficient in the way that you guys do communion here. But I want you to know that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have received the faith in Jesus and made Him your Lord, you are welcome at this table. You don't need to be a member of this church. All you need to do is have a belief in Jesus Christ. The other thing I would ask you is that you would check your heart. Test your own self. Work out your own salvation that you know that you're doing this in a way that honors the Lord. If you have a hatred in your heart that you are unwilling to forgive, please take this time to reflect. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please take this time to reflect. Pray that you would be changed. If you don't have that relationship with Christ, pray. All of us have a right to do that. All of us can call out to God because He loves every one of us. He even loves the guys that shot up all those people. Heavenly Father, You know the broken hearts that are in those communities, Lord. You know the tragic life lost. Father, you know the pain that it brings to my heart and I'm not even close to there. You know, Lord, what we struggle with here. You know all these things. You knew them before they happened. The things I see is abominable. The things that I see is horrible or horrendous. Lord, you can change those for your glory. You can change those things to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. I do not know how that's possible, but Father, you do. You will. You have, and you're doing it right now. Please, Father, allow us to commune with you, to come together with you in this communion, celebrating the blood and the body. Uh, Lord, the love of Jesus Christ is poured out for us. Please, Father, please, heal this place. Heal our hearts. Heal our homes. Heal our nation, Lord. Bring us back. Bring us back to you. Bring us back to the cross. In Christ's name I pray.
You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. 